Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And welcome to the Basketball Addicts Podcast. Sadly, we have to re-record this. So basically, we had a really good interview with Darren. Um, It's really sad that we weren't able to salvage the uh, audio from that. So that's why the podcast hasn't been released yet. Usually, you guys have a good feel the listeners, we I don't think we dropped one last week other than the Sunday one. But we basically, I'll give you guys the um, parameters here so you guys understand what's going on. Um, basically, we had a guest. His name is Darren. Um, join us for these rankings. And we lost the audio files. But he is on part two. So basically, from 37 to 1, point, best point guards of all time, you'll hear him on there. But we have to re-record the part one. So this is the part one. This is what we're going over today. Top 75 point guards of all time, 75 through 38. That's what we're going to be covering all day today. We're going to talk about it, give you guys the basketball addicts, the content you guys want. And uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. Chris, are you ready? Yeah, this, brave ever be. Get get the show on the road. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. All right. Starting it off at 75, Mr. Gene Shu. Now, this guy played in the 50s. He's a five-time All-Star. Six foot two. Two-time All-NBA. Uh, he really did a really we didn't really have much of film on him but it seems like a really good passer um so yeah this guy is a really good numbers guy in the 50s i wish there was more film on him but when you average 22 two straight seasons and then 19 the year after that you must be doing something right Mm -hmm. um it's basically 22 and 
four, 22 and seven, 22 and six, and those are assists. So that's a pretty special combination. Chris, what do you think about uh, Gene Shu starting the lot, list, list off here? I think that's a great way to start it because it kind of tells you where we're going with this list. More along the lines that these are going to be players that you may not have ever heard of or you may have heard of only in passing. Um, yeah. And these are we're, we're our, really our parameters for this list is more at peak. So yep. it's going to be a lot of players who are like, well, maybe they haven't had the best career, but their peak was amazing. Like this yeah. guy here, you know what I mean? If he's scoring 20 plus points, you know what I mean? As is, you know, from what I remember from when we were talking to Darren a couple of weeks ago, was that if you're, you know, scoring 40 to 50 points is very tough. Scoring 20 points and averaging 20 points consistently is tough as well. So these yeah. players definitely deserve to be on this list as well as Jane Shu. So give it up for him. Give it up for the rest of the players on this list because we're definitely going to go really deep into basketball history going forward from here. Yep. A hundred percent. That's a great description there, Chris. So, uh, do you want to read the next one and uh, switch it since there's a description for that one? Yeah, that's fine. Um, All right, let's go. Let's go with this. I have his basketball reference up, so we're, we're good to go. Yes, sir. Okay. <clears throat> so we have Walt Hazard. So this guy is a good mid-range shooter, creator off of the pick and roll. Um, nice off the ball mover to get a mid-range shot. Also has really long wingspan like a modern NBA player. He also has a good understanding of angles and how to get his team involved. He's definitely that kind of player that those types of things, that does those types of things. He's 6'2", which is pretty decent height. His best season is 24 points with six assists, a career high. It looks like it might have been more of a sort, might have been sort of a fluke season than anything else if you really watch it and break down his game. Yeah, so the stats definitely back that up because he never averages more than 16 points a game. And some of them are like less than 10 points a game when he's really old, like in 30 is his version of really old. So it's a weird peak. Um, Only made the All-Star game once, but a really good All-Star game player. And a lot of these older guys... I like a mix of, I'm a good passer, I'm good from the mid-range, I'm good at attacking the basket. There's like this like range of abilities that's usually mid-range and in and different, you know what I mean? So he's one of those guys that has a really good mid-range game and decent athlete. So, you know, you put those things together and you get somebody who can make this list. <clears throat> All right. So we're going to move on to the next guy, an NBA champion with uh, Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish, an integral part of that team, Dennis Johnson. Now, Dennis Johnson is a good passer, a really high IQ basketball player. Um, he's not an extremely great shooter, and, uh, you know, he's a pretty solid defender, but he's not like otherworldly at it, but he is much better than Danny Ainge on those teams defending. So he was very much needed for his defensive abilities during that time frame on that team. Um, he's before Boston, he is scoring a decent amount of points because he was decently athletic. So he's averaging around 19, 18, 19 with four, three and four assists. So really he was more athletic, but pre-Boston, which allowed him to get to the rim and put pressure on it and then kick. Uh, so, yeah, this guy was also really tall, 6'4". 
So six foot four paired with all of these intangibles, you get a very, very good player. So Dennis Johnson's here at 73. Chris, I'll let you kick it off to 72. <clears throat> so we have Archie Clark. Um, he's really good at two things, which is setting up the offense and being a good passer and getting Mary shots off screens and finding um, open lanes. He's not much of a great shot creator. He's not much of a, hey, I'm going to finish at the rim type of guy. This is a really uh, – this is this is his really this is two of his really go to things and the only things consistent about his game. But you also have to think about with the majority of these players on his list is because we're doing a top seventy five. We delve so deep into history that we're going to bring guards from the seventies, from the eighties, from the sixties. Mm-hmm. You know what I yeah. mean? So this is what these eras kind of consisted of, especially like when before the three point line. There's going to be a lot of mid range shooting. You know what I mean? You're going to see a lot of those old school guards who just really thrive at setting up the defense who are really, okay, I'm going to dribble with one hand back to the basket. Okay. Where's my center pass. Okay. Cause the game is played that way. So a lot of our, so these aren't going to be the most exciting players, you mm-hmm. know, starting off, but they'll, they'll eventually grow into that type of player as we keep going yeah. through this list. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. makes sense. That's a good uh, comment there. Uh, Archie Clark, six foot two, two time all-star one time, all NBA. Uh, his nickname is Shake and Bake, which is literally a, a very famous movie line. Yeah, uh, Talladega <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty dope. I guess Talladega Nights needs to uh, send uh, Archie Clark some money for copyright infringement. Right. Uh, <laughs> he's peeking around, I mean, three phenomenal peak years. 21 points, 25 points, 29 points. My bad. Yeah, three. Yeah, three Three ridiculous peak years. Uh, and then he's averaging five, eight, and seven, and eight during those seasons. And these are in the early 70s, basically 70 to like 73. He's doing that. So that's really special. Uh, he has good stats, good player, definitely deserving to be on this list. There's a lot of guys in the 70s that have years that, hey, I was scoring pretty well and passing pretty well. Why am I, you know, you got to have me on this list type of thing. He's one of those guys. Also, go ahead. one other thing, just keep in mind the size of the NBA and who he has to play against on a nightly basis. Yeah. That's also a big thing because especially during these time periods, like the reason why we don't think so highly of, Willed, and we don't think so highly of like you know what I mean, Bill Russell and things like that. Is because every night you have to pay, you have to play the top ten centers, one of the top ten centers in the league. Yeah, in the world. I mean, in the world, yeah. Yeah, because the league's smaller. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right, so now we're gonna kick it to Flynn Robinson. Flynn Robinson's a good passer. He's a decent mid-range shooter, but that's not really his game. His game is based around being a good athlete and being able to finish around the rim, which leads him to be able to break down the defense, make good passes from that situation, being the strength of his game. So, you know, Flynn Robinson definitely is well-deserving of this list. Uh, He started playing in the NBA in the 60s and uh, played until the 70s. He's a really solid player. Uh, six foot one. His name is Electric Eye. There's a lot of great nicknames on this list. Yeah, he's an NBA point. champion, a one-time All Star. Um, 
let's see here. He's averaging 20 and four. He's averaging that around four seasons. Um, honestly, what I think it is, is I think he's the person that gets traded for Oscar or they bring in Oscar from free agency and they let him go. Uh-huh. I could be wrong. Actually, I think I am wrong. No, no, I might be right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, it's something along those lines, but, uh, He's basically the guy that's paired with Kareem pre-Oscar Robertson. And he's doing a really great job of it. Uh, that's his peak years. Uh, so, yeah. Flynn Robinson, very deserving this list. Are you ready to kick it to the next guy? Uh, yes. So, at number 70, we have Kevin Laurie. So, this guy's from the 60. He's a solid passer, but that's, you know, common of all 60s point guards. But it's not really his gift. He's really good at mid-range shots, even mid-modern three-point range type of shots. Um, I have multiple different angles. He's he's like he's a guy who says, like, I have multiple different angles and finish around the rim. And he's more of a scoring guard, but he was really good at it, really good at mid-range, really, really, really consistent with that. So that led to a lot of points and his ability to be efficient at his peak year scoring 22 points per game. So you also have to think, especially in the 60s, if you listen mm-hmm. to our Evolution of Basketball podcast, that's what I call the jump shot and or the signature move era. So this is yeah. that's where his, his signature is his, is his shooting, you know, because there's yeah. not much dunking. There's not there's some layups, but everybody's shooting jump shots. So it's very efficient to be able yeah. to shoot jump shots at a very high clip. So this is what he was able to do and what he excelled at. Yeah, 100%. He really excels with that. Um it's debatable if he's a shooting guard or point guard, but I put him on this list. Uh, he averages four to five assists a game. He's also six foot three, so size really helps him there. Never made an all NBA team or an all star team, which is very odd, but hey, this guy was a bucket for a long period of time. Probably has been long forgotten by a lot of people, but yeah, really probably a better player to translate to a modern NBA because his, his gifts were shooting. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, we're going to kick it to number 69 here and we're going to go with Bob Davies. Now this is one of the more interesting film studies I had very unique guy, uh, basically only 50 seconds of film, but what he does on that film is ridiculousness. It's like this odd, Ability to finish, like, floating away from the basket, like, almost going behind the basket and, like, finishing with these odd, like, John Havlicek-esque, like, underhand finishes and, like, ridiculous dribbling ability, ridiculous passes, just, like, these, all these weird, extremely gifted ways of uh, playing basketball that I can only compare to, like, Mark Jackson or, like, Bob Cousy and the just the really gifted nature of creativity. Now, yes, he was playing in the fifties and his stats weren't amazing. He had that 16 and six, but this guy's really just had a natural feel for the game of basketball in a really unique way. So I definitely feel like he's very deserving of this list. Uh, so yeah, Bob Davies is for sure making it here. One of the more unique players. I mean, geez, he started playing basketball in 1949. Played six seasons. He's mm-hmm. in the Hall of Fame. 
Uh, yeah, so very consistent player over his time frame. 5.4 assists led the league in 1948. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he was a very elite guy for his era, too. If we're doing guys comparatively to the to their era, he'd be higher. Uh, but, yeah, Bob Davies. Uh, Any thoughts? Quick, yeah, a couple quick uh, things. Just a co- couple quick, um, quick, you know, just a couple of his accolades. So, he's in the Hall of Fame. He was inducted um, in 1970. Um, just like Jason said, he started his career around 1949, so about 1948. Um, he was a 1948-1949 assist champion, so that tells you a lot about where he was. I mean, you know, where what kind of feel he had for the game, especially with his IQ and his passing ability. Mm-hmm. Um, he won the championship three years after his after he debuted in the in the NBA, and he's a five time All NBA selection. And four-time All-Star. Yeah, that's really elite. Yeah. Well, you can kick it to your next guy. Alrighty. So at number 68, we have Guy Rogers. So after watching him, he's a legit top 20, 25 greatest passer of all time. And that's saying a lot, especially since the time period. Um, He's not a great mid-range shooter like some of the point guards of this era. But what he does have is good finishing ability around the rim. But his gifts are in passing. He's very creative in the way he plays, and it leads to a lot of advantages that he has. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm 100% uh, here with this guy being a great passer. Uh, Hall of Famer, uh, six foot, played with Wilt, right? So mm-hmm. he was like the f- inventor of, I'm going to pass the ball high to a really gifted athlete. And he's just going to finish around the rim. So he did that a lot too. Um, added value to the game. I mean, dear God, if you had Will Chamberlain on your team, I think we would all do the same thing. I mean, if you want to know how ridiculous his assist numbers are, it's literally he averages more than ten assists three times. Like that's insanity, and his yeah. eye test matches it. So, uh, yeah, watching film who was pretty cool. Uh, he also averages around, I mean, he's peaking around 18 points per game, but most years he's averaging from anywhere from 10 to 14. Uh, but yeah, assists, great, great, just great passer. Uh, legitimate. His, I'm, I bet you his all time assist numbers are actually really impressive, even though he only played like 10 seasons. Uh, so yeah, Guy Rogers here, very deserving. Chris, I'll let you kick it to your next guy. All right. Or my next guy. I think I'm next. I th- yeah, I think, I think we've been next. doing one, one and one, so go ahead. All right, so the next guy is the first modern player to make this list. <clears throat> They're going to go back-to-back back here. Oh, you're going to – oh, yeah, no, not the, not back-to-back. Back. My bad. I forgot about one guy. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, his size and asset, he's 6'4", six, 6'5". Four, six, four, he's an all-NBA defender-level guy, uh, really great passer. Phenomenal three-point shooter, pretty good athlete, can attack the rim and finish mid-range game. He's just a very well-rounded, jack-of-all-trades point guard. He's not world-class at anything other than defense, but offensively, he's not world-class at anything, but he's just really good at everything. Um, all He won Rookie of the Year, first year uh, in the NBA, which is probably a trivia question that most people would get wrong. Uh, Multiple-time, 40 hovering around 40% three-point shooter, ridiculous off-ball. 
guy. He can, he's, he, if when we all know when he was playing with Giannis, right, it was ridiculous off ball. So Malcolm Brogdon here, very deserving. He's a borderline all-star averaging 20 points per game, multiple seasons. Yeah. Very deserving of this, this ranking. Any thoughts? Yeah. He's also averaging 23.4 points right now as we speak with, uh, it's, it's crazy. And, you know, that's a big jump from it from his career right now because that 15.2 points over three, 302 games. So only in five games a season so far, he's averaging 23.4 points. So he's definitely on a tear right now in Indiana. So, yeah, we, he's one of those players, in my opinion, that you kind of forgot about after he left uh, Milwaukee. Yes. So, I mean, I'm glad to see that he's thriving in Indiana. Hopefully he can, you know, get back to being in the kind of in the news, I guess. Because, like, especially mm-hmm. when he was with um, Indiana, when he was with Milwaukee because he was, he was like, he won the rookie of the year and he was, you know, getting those stats. Um, he was a little bit more, not necessarily in media, but more, like, kind of highlighted during games. Especially, yeah. like, I remember I was watching one game and it was like, yeah, it's the president. And I was like, who the hell is this guy? And then, <laughs> Like, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Hopefully, he um, he gets back to to just maybe just being there. Yeah. 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 Hundred percent. Yeah. I'll let you uh, kick it to the next guy. Alrighty. So at number sixty six, we have Lenny Wilkins. Um. So this guy is a very gifted passer. He has an okay mid range shot, but is not extremely consistent. But guess what he has. Really good speed and lateral kick quickness to lead to really good ability to attack the basket and finish in unique ways. Yeah, this guy is Hall of Famer. If you love consistency, literally from the age of 23 to 37, he's a relevant point guard in the NBA. Like at 36, he's averaging 16 and 7. But he he peaks around 22 and 8, 20 and 8. With the uh, St. Louis, I forget what they were named at that point in time, but St. Louis something. Uh, Hawks. Oh, I just found it. Cool. Okay. Yeah, Hawks. Yeah. So this guy is a Hall of Famer, All-Star Game MVP, nine-time All-Star, uh, assist champion one year. This guy is just a, you know, even though his eye test doesn't show me overall greatness, you know what I mean? He's, he's an extremely consistent player. Yeah. Um, if you're really into that, he'd be higher on this list. Uh, I'm sure all-time assists, he's pretty high on that list too. So, yeah, Lenny Wilkins, very deserving of this ranking, very gifted passer. Yeah, I'm 100% there with you. All right. The next guy on this list is 65, somebody that I'm sad that I have to read and Chris doesn't get to read. Yeah. Uh, this is Rajon Rondo here. He's a world-class basketball IQ player, one of the greatest passers of all time. He's probably top five, top ten. He is athletic enough to finish really well near the rim, but he's the non-factor at the three-point line. He's an average mid-range shooter. Uh, He'd be phenomenal in the 70s and 60s, and he compare favorably to those kind of guys. Uh, and, And it depends on the way you view point guards and where you rank him. But, uh, yeah, he's absolutely ridiculous passer. He obviously has the Rondo move where he wraps it behind his back and finishes at the rim. He's just always been a ridiculous high basketball IQ player that always seems to add value. Everywhere he goes, the team always seems to do better than you think. You remember Mm -hmm. when the Pelicans beat the 
Portland Trailblazers in the playoffs. Nobody thought that Anthony – it was without DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah. And it was just AD, Rondo, and Drew Holiday, and they upset the Portland Trailblazers, and they swept them. Uh, and I remember the Bulls, the eight seed, with uh, Jimmy Butler and that crew almost beat the one seed Boston Celtics because mm-hmm. of Rondo, right? They had old D Wade on that team too, which is an interesting team. Uh, before Rondo gets hurt, they were on track to pull off that upset. They yeah. definitely had flow. Um, so this guy adds to winning, right? There's mm-hmm. a reason why we call him playoff Rondo is because that's the perfect setting for him. Because the playoffs, each possession matters more. In the playoffs, everybody plays more physical. In the playoffs, you there's just a more physical grand, brand of basketball, so points are harder to come by. So he's more valuable in the playoffs, which is great. You know, he's a winner. Rajon Rondo, definitely very deserving. What are you thinking? Um, with Rondo, it gets kind of he has kind of a sad story in my opinion. Because like, okay, okay he goes from, you know, okay, Celtics big three. Okay, I'm like in my rookie, maybe sophomore year of basketball right now, and I'm basically leading this team. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. depending on they're depending on my IQ to see the floor, to see these pass to see these patch lines. And Rondo was a pretty decent scorer back then during his younger years as well. You know what I mean? That's where that move come from because he was hitting it on everybody. That one where he like tucks it behind his back and then lays it up yep. or tucks it behind his back and then throws the pass. Like seeing the mm-hmm. floor in just amazing ways. And then as the big three broke up, he kind of just got lost in the sauce because he was I was looking at the Celtic and I was like, wow, like they really just expected Rondo to just do everything. And he's not that type of yeah. guy. I could automatically see it even when I wasn't really like into really into basketball at that point in time. But I was like, I could really see that it's like, uh, they're, they're, he's not, he's not thriving right now. And then yeah. as he started going through that time period where he was traded from team to team, he ended up with Dallas and then got a bad rap as being a toxic person in the locker room because he refused to play that one game. I'm glad he was able to reinvent himself as he went to the Pelicans because I clearly remember, I think he had like some great, he had zero points, but like 30 assists. I think in one game, I think he did do that. Yeah, he did like, it was like one game. He had like zero points, but 30 assists. I'm like, this is, you know, like even, and they, I think they got the win as well, but he, this is the type of guy that Rondo is, especially like in my opinion, 65 is a little low. Because I think that he could possibly, like, at the end of his career, like, be much higher on a just a top 100 list of just players. Um, because that's just the type of player that Rondo is. Because he's a point guard through and through. He impacts the games in ways that other players cannot. Him yeah. and LeBron are very similar, except for LeBron is a better scorer. But Rondo and LeBron have this great high IQ you know, great vision of the floor, great mm-hmm. feel for the game that they can impact the game just off passing. And that's really what Rondo does. Like he doesn't have to score the ball. He doesn't have to be the number one option on the team. That's not where he thrives at. But you put the ball in his hand and tell me and tell him, get me to get me to where I need to go to lead me to the promised land. He can do that without scoring. He can, he sees the floor so well. It's like, it's so ridiculous. What When yeah. you watch his game and really break down film, the the how like his his intangibles is otherworldly. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm 100% with you with those intangibles. Uh, Four-time All-Star, three-time assist champion, steals champion, two-time NBA champion, all-NBA one season, four-time all-defensive. He did have a pretty decent defensive peak, too. And then he's a he was all, all rookie team too. So, yeah, very well accomplished player here, Rajon Rondo. Very deserving of this spot in this list. Are you ready to read the next guy? Yeah, let's go. Alrighty. <clears throat> so at number sixty four, we have Mark Jackson. So this guy is a top five, top ten best IQ passer of all time. That's his real. This is real gifts. He has an okay mid range shot, but he's not really much of a scorer. Yeah, Rondo and Mark Jackson are built in very similar ways. Uh, they're scoring around similar amount of points. Uh, they're doing similar things in the playoffs. You know, Rondo's a better defender. But uh, this guy is an absolutely world-class passer. Like, he might even be better than Rondo, which is mm-hmm. weird to say, but he really might be. Um, his passing ability is just... It's kind of Bob Cousy-esque a little bit, where it's just he's ridiculous in the ball in his hands, highly creative, just NBA basketball player. Always makes the right decisions. And, uh, yeah, Mark Jackson's very deserving of where he's at, uh, 100%. Do you want me to read the next guy? Yeah, but I have a quick thing, a tidbit about Mark. Um, so, uh, especially with Mark Jackson, because I remember him, I don't really remember him much as a player, I was probably not even that into basketball or maybe not even born, thought of anything like that. Um, <laughs> he played in the 90s. Well, yeah, I might have been born, but not watching basketball as a, as a baby. I don't think my dad sat <laughs> in front of the TV. It was like, basketball is what you're going to watch right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, I remember him coaching the, um, the Golden Warriors. State Warriors. Now, looking back after watching film and things of that nature, he was a great coach for that team but he just wasn't the right coach if that makes a sense uh makes sense because as we look at curry especially because he you know he put that team together you know um with curry curry is way way much more of a modern point guard than he is of a 90s 80s 70s point guard you know what i'm saying like mark is more of an old time okay i know who i have to i have to get it to my guys Curry mm. is the guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's so, a fact. Mark Jackson probably would have thrived better with a point guard where they shared similar gifts because you can't turn Curry into a passer when he's a clear, phenomenal scorer. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, Steve Kerr definitely reinvented that offense to fit Steph Curry perfectly. Uh, yeah. Really good defensive coach, though. Uh, high basketball IQ on both sides of basketball. So, yeah, very deserving. <clears throat> All right, the next guy is a two-time NBA champion, playing in the 70s, had a really bad Achilles injury. Basically, when he was 31 and 32, he had an injury to his knee and his Achilles, and he was never the same. Uh, Norm Nixon, six foot two, two-time All-Star, um, all-rookie team. This guy is really just a high basketball IQ, really solid passer, a good athlete, uh, just a basketball player. He's really good at understanding angles, pretty good mid-range shooter. 
He's just one of those guys who's another jack-of-all-trades guy. Uh, but really good passer. He's peaking around 11 assists per game, which is ridiculous. Yeah. He basically averages 17 points per game like five different seasons. So this guy's an extremely consistent player. Um, just the eye test really blends well with what you see. He's the basically the point guard pre-Magic Johnson for the Lakers. Uh, so, yeah, really great player. Deserves to be on this list. We're moving along here. So, Chris... Do you have anything to say about Norm, or are you moving it to your next guy? We can move it to the next guy. Bet. All righty. So at number 62, we have Sam Cassell. So it's it's hard to watch this guy play basketball, and I immediately notice that he's a mid-range player. He can knock down threes, but that's not really how he plays. Great shots. It's mostly in the mid-range. He's not really gifted athlete, so he's going to attack the basketball. He's a really solid passer and a really consistent player. I think he did play for the Timberwolves along with Latrell Sprewell, maybe? Yes, 100%. You're right on that one. Yeah, he's a... It's one of those guys that just, like, literally just lives in the mid-post. Mid-range, mid-post, all that type of stuff. Baseline ridiculously long career 14 years nba career starts off with the houston rockets he basically i mean it's absolutely insanity he averages 14 to 19 points per game from the age of 26 to 36 like during that time frame he averages four to nine assists like in all fluctuating seasons. It's not like one great peak year. This guy is a great career player. You know what I mean? A guy that had a long career, one-time All-Star, three-time NBA champion, uh, All-NBA in 2003 and 2004. So, yeah, this is a very solid player, very deserving of where he is at. So, yeah, Sam Cassell, very, very good introduction to this list. Do you have anything you want to say about Sam? Um, no. All right. So the next player on this list is somebody I'm glad I get to talk about because he is so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Michael Ray Richardson. He is six foot five. He is a naturally big and strong human being, a good athlete. Not saying good athlete, athletic abilities is an understatement. It's very great. Uh, finishing ability at the rim, which leads to a tough package of player to deal with at the rim because he's a taller point guard. He's also a very good passer. He's not much of a three-point shooter. Uh, he's not really a great free-throw shooter, but he's a really great passer. Uh, he's a okay mid-range shooter, but he's not really consistent with it. So basically what this is is... A guy with extremely amazing gifts, right? That just wasn't able to put it together to become an all-time great point guard. That's what this is. And that's rare to find. But he really is that. You know, he's averaging anywhere from 15 to 20 points per game. But the eye test says, wow. You know, he's a multiple-time steals leader. He's an all uh, four-time all-star, two-time all-defensive um, an assist champion one year too. 
So this guy played at a faster pace. He was a really great shooter. Um, and that's the sad part is basically what he was coming into the NBA is kind of what he was when he finished the NBA. Kind of like Ben Simmons-ish where it's like this guy has ridiculous upside. But he doesn't quite match it because he just doesn't. Like a, his frame was really unique and he has good explosion and really I, let's say it like this he is a top 20 point guard athlete of all time with being six foot five mm. that should give you where i'm going with why he could have been one of the greatest because he's also a great passer if this yeah. guy could score we would legitimately know this guy much much better so yeah michael ray richardson any do you have anything on him uh, no, you pretty much summed up, my guy. <laughs> All right, but you can roll it to the next guy. All right, at number 60, we have Terry Porter. So he's a really good three-point shooter and also, has, also a very good passer. But other than that, there's not much else to his game. Um, he was also drafted um 1985, so he's one of those 80s point guards. Yep. Um, he had about a 17-year uh, span in the career span in the NBA. Uh. He doesn't really have any accolades, um, but he was averaging about 12.2 points for his career at about 5.6 assists. Yeah. Jason, you got anything? Uh, yeah, a more of a long-term guy than a really great peak. Good three-point shooter, good passer, okay defender, two-time all-star, six with three. Um, there's just not much shot creation in his game. I was honestly expecting more because I heard about him because I know that he's obviously paired with Clyde Drexler and they they make that NBA uh, championship run where for some reason random M- NBA reporters think it's a competition between him and Clyde. Michael Jordan. I'm talking about Michael Jordan. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I really was expecting more. I was expecting a Mark Price level guy and I didn't get that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, maybe the Portland Trailblazers should have made a move for somebody else. He fits well with Clyde Drexler though. It's like, Hey, we have a good point guard who can shoot too. You know what I mean? So mm. it's a nice yin and, yin and yang. Uh, so the next guy in this list is number 59, Mr. Sleepy Floyd. Uh, this guy dropped 51 points in a game four. uh, between game four of the NBA playoffs against the Los Angeles Lakers with Magic and Kareem, which is absolute insanity. You can find that on YouTube. Uh, Sleepy Floyd, he's a really solid passer, but his his gift is his ability to make tough mid-range shots. He's a really good shooter, plays with pace, and is a very good athlete. And you put all those things together, and you get a very good basketball player. So, yeah, Sleepy Floyd definitely... A very deserving player played for the Golden State Warriors at his peak. Uh, he's a very six foot three. His size helps him out. He's peaking out around twenty one points per game with the Warriors, and he's putting up nine. Let's just call it ten assists with that, and he's averaging around. I mean, he has multiple seasons near nine, near ten assists a game. So this guy's a long term, very good passer, very good player, one time All Star. His peak was with the Warriors. And, yeah, very deserving of this spot. What are you thinking about Sleepy Floyd? Yeah, he's also a uh, one-time All-Star. Mm-hmm. Uh, it must have been the year they went to the playoffs. Um, 
Let's see what else we have here. He did spend about six seasons with Golden State, where that's where his probably his peak years was. But he was drafted by San Antonio, mm-hmm. and then he spent two seasons in New Jersey as well. Yeah, so I guess he finally figured it out when he went to Golden State. Yeah, some guys need a change in situation to really figure out their game and figure out uh, get in a better spot. So it seems like Golden State Warriors was a better spot for him. All right, I'll let you kick it to the next guy. 58, we're making putting damage on putting points on the board right now. Right. All righty. <clears throat> so at 58, we have Don Ole. So Don Ole is not much of a passer, which is odd for people in this era, especially because, you know, they're all really like, okay, I'm going to pack best to the basket. I'm going to throw the balls to the center type of people. But he was a really good point guard in the sense of being able to to attack the rim and finish. It being very creative and having a really smooth mid-range shot. I mean, it looks like a phenomenal form and all those types of things. So, really good player here. Yeah, five-time All-Star, which is really impressive. Six foot three, so it's not like he's like five foot ten and he's not going to translate. So, yeah. A uh, very good player, averages 20 points per game twice, uh, puts up 19.3 another season. So, very good player for the Detroit Pistons and the Baltimore Jeeves. I wish I knew what Baltimore was at that t- point in time. Uh, so, yeah, this guy is a really good player. Uh, they don't have steals as, uh, numbers back then, so we don't really know how great of a defender he was. But six foot three, paired with all the things that you described, Chris, really good solid player. <clears throat> All right, I'll go into the next one. Okay. This guy is Damian Stoudemire num- at number 57 here. This guy is a really good three-point shot, creates off the dribble, attacks the rim, finishes near the rim. Really small, but he has a nice pull-up mid-range shot. Uh, if the center drops, he gets to that spot. He understands the game of the basketball. He's kind of a poor man's Isaiah Thomas. When I'm talking about Isaiah Thomas, I'm talking about Boston Celtics' Isaiah Thomas. Um, but you get a little bit better passer. Uh, he has a similar flaw to Isaiah Thomas, though, which is, oh my gosh, if I get switched on and anybody that's taller than me, I will get destroyed uh, So defensively. So, yeah, that's Damon Stoudemire, very good uh, offensive player. When the Portland Trailblazers were peaking with Scottie Pippen and they pushed the uh, Kobe Bryant, Shaq, later Lakers, like everybody knows the alley-oop where Shaq starts pointing at Kobe and running up and down the floor and losing his mind, that was against Damon Stoudemire was on that team too. So mm-hmm. just a very good NBA point guard. Legitimately, that's that's a great way to describe him. He's a good NBA point guard. You have anything on on him? Yeah, his nickname was Mighty Mouse, uh, and he averaged about thirteen point four points for his career, six point one assists. So a really, really, really solid guy. Um, he was also Rookie of the Year in '96, and he made the All Rookie Team, of course. And when you say Isaiah Thomas, you're meaning it four and not um, Detroit Pistons Isaiah Thomas. Yep. Did I make that mistake and say Isaiah uh, uh, Detroit Pistons? No, I think you just said Isaiah Thomas. So I just wanted to clarify <laughs> before we get where they come for our neck and crucify us. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yep. <laughs> that's this is why you have a co-host, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I'll let you uh, kick it to a guy who didn't want to be the Cleveland Cavaliers head coach. <laughs> All right. So at number 56, we have Larry Drew. <laughs> this guy's a very gifted passer, also a very good athlete. It's rare to see somebody to be able to take somebody off the dribble during older basketball he played in the 80s. Um, but he really can but he really can also, you know, has a really good mid-range pull-up and just a good feel for the game of basketball as a whole. Good defender too, six two, which was, you know, his size as a part of his value. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Uh he's peaking around twenty points per game that season that he has twenty, it's twenty and eight. Um, you know, he's a really good passer. His peak is uh really short. It's a really short peak. Uh, he was playing in Italy by the time he was in 30, and then he came back to the NBA and was a bench guy for the Lakers for two seasons. Uh, just a really short peak. I wouldn't be surprised if he was just had a bunch of injuries or something like that. Six foot one, six one, six, six foot two point guard. Uh, so yeah, Larry Drew, very deserving of this uh, spot. Do you have anything that you want to say about him? Um, no. All right, so now we're going to kick it to number 55. Wow, we're really making a dent on this list. Uh, Kenny Anderson. When this guy in his prime athletically, which is when he was really young with the uh, Nets, uh, his shot wasn't that good, but he's a really great passer, a really great finisher, and he just pushed his pace extremely well. He has a pretty decent mid-range, but his gifts come from athleticism to being able to fit us at the rim. To put this in perspective, this guy is a probably top 20, top 25 greatest athlete at the point guard position when he's peaking, when he's really young. Uh, so yeah, Kenny Anderson played in the 90s. He's averaging around 18 and 9 in his peak, uh, but he does it in a way that you wouldn't uh, have guessed. Uh, not much of a three-point shooter, more of a streaky three-point shooter throughout his career, um, especially when he was peaking when he was younger. He was an all-star during that era. Uh, just a short peak, but the peak was there. So, yeah. you have anything on Kenny Anderson? Yeah, if we didn't mention it, he scored about 12.6 points for his career, about 6.1 assists, um, and drafted by the New Jersey Nets. Yeah. That's a, that's a good description there, man. Yep. I'll let you kick it to the next one. All right. And at number 54, we have Ray Williams. So he was a really good athlete and has a really natural feel for finishing around the basket. He makes good passes, loves to play in the fast break, and has a really solid mid-range shot. And he also has an ability to float in the air and readjust and still score. Yeah, this guy is a really good scorer. Um... He also played on the Knicks at the same area Michael Ray Richardson did, uh, but they like kind of alternated point guard position, I guess you could say. Uh, so yeah, and then uh, six foot three, so he's taller. He's averaging more than twenty points per game twice in his career, and in between those two seasons, he averages nineteen point seven. So I guess we could just say he did it twi- three times. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's putting up six assists multiple times throughout his career. Uh, just a really solid all-around good player for that era. Six foot three, size adds to his value. So yeah, Kenny Anderson there. I mean, not Kenny Anderson, Ray Williams. <clears throat> all right, the next guy is Jeff Petrie. Let's call him that. 
He was a solid six foot four, which is really tall. Not really a great passer in that era, but he's a very average passer. He's more of a scorer. Uh, he's more of a shooter, mid-range dead eye, uh, really good with deeper range around high school three-point line, has really great numbers. 25 points per game is really hard to find. A lot of film on him, but when you're scoring, putting up numbers like that, you're definitely deserving of this list. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, you move on to the next one? Yeah, I mean, this guy literally only played five seasons and then had a knee injury. So that sucks. Yeah, he that kind sucks. of make you wonder, like, what could he, what he could have been, you know? Yeah, if he got to play a little bit more. Yeah, he's two time All Star, All Rookie, Rookie of the Year. Yeah, definitely injuries probably mess this guy up. Go ahead, and you can move it to the next one. Alrighty, so at number 52, we have Lafayette Fat Lieber. Um, he's a really high-level passer, very good athlete, a mid-range shot creator, and a shot maker as well, um, which leads to a really well-rounded player, very underrated. He also played for the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, six foot three, uh, two-time All-Star, All-NBA, All-Defensive. So you, you add to def- being a good defender to that list. Numbers completely back up what we're saying here. He averages around 20 points per game four times. Uh, and he, during that peak, he's averaging eight assists, basically, around that around that four times. So this guy's a very consistent 18-8 and eight guy. Just is, The eye test is a little bit better than that, but really solid player. Uh, the next up we have... Uh, can we pause it for a second? No. I mean, Gordon Jajak is the next player in this list. So he's going to be 51, international guy. He's a very He's been under the radar for a pretty long time. Highly consistent player. Uh, he's a good passer, can shot create, good mid-range shooter. Um, he's a good floater. Just a highly skilled player. Um it's funny. Uh, there's a podcast that I like that I can't think of the name of right now. I think it's called, oh, the Knuckleheads Podcast. And they had Kyrie Irving on. And they they do this thing where, who's the first guy to ever bust your ass? And he said Gordon Drogic, which is very interesting. Uh, but, I mean, I guess he owns Kyrie Irving, so I guess he should be a little higher up on this list. But, uh, yeah, Gordon Drogic <laughs> is a very highly consistent player. Um, his size helps him too. He's six foot three, so you put all that together and you get a a lefty and a one time All Star, one time All NBA, most improved, all those type of things. You get a very solid player. Any thoughts on Goran? Um, yeah, he's just one of those you know pretty consistent players. I remember during the playoffs in the bubble, um, he was really like you know leading, helping lead that Miami Heat team to what they became. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he suffered an injury and they came back and still played with the injury. So he's definitely had my respect for that because he, he, he wanted to win so bad. He, he felt they were close. They just couldn't overcome once those once Bam and Goran Dragic went down, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Very solid player. You know what you're going to get every night from him. Mm-hmm. All right, you can kick it to your next guy at number 50. 
Alrighty, so at number 50, we have Mahmoud Abdul Ralph. I'm not I'm sure I'm not saying this right. Yeah, it's a tough name. Tough name. Yeah. Formerly known as Chris Jackson. Um, he's a very good athlete, not a great vertical athlete, but good speed and quickness, which leads to him having a really good first step to break down the defense. And also, he's a world-class shooter. He has to be top 15, top 20 greatest point guard shooters of all time, especially from a standstill. He can break down off the dribble a little bit, but compared to um, modern point guards, it's not overly impressive. But that really his gift is is his handles. He's very creative. Yeah, I mean, to statistically back up three-point shooting percentage, he shoots 35, 39, 39, 38, and like a four- or five-year span. So that's pretty nice. Uh, this guy's a very – the eye test backs that up too, so – He's an okay passer. He's not really gifted in that area. Era, area. Um, so yeah, he's very deserving of this list. I'm pretty sure there's some, like he was like doing something and the NBA kicked him out. I forget what it was. It was something to do with the national anthem. I think he was, that might have been um, protesting it. Something along that lines. I think yeah. it was more like because um, once he, he you know he changed the religion, mm-hmm. he stopped. Uh, he stood for the national anthem, but he wouldn't put his hand over his heart, so he got blackballed from the NBA. Oh, oh, that's weird. Okay, well, that's an interesting one. Yeah, or uh, he would, or he would come out before the national anthem. I think he. I don't think any religion. I think he would come out before the national anthem. Um, and then he would leave during the playing of the national anthem, so he got kicked out of the NBA. So he's basically like Colin Kaepernick before Colin Kaepernick. Hmm. Really interesting story. That's a good tidbit yeah. right there. <clears throat> a true basketball addict, Christopher Muhammad. <laughs> yeah, I remember watching the documentary on it. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't quite remember exactly what it was, but I do remember. I think I seen like the picture of him. He was like praying mm-hmm. before the national anthem played, and then he went back into the. And then he got. He really was like never the same player because yeah. I guess it was too much politics in the game. So they were like, yeah. We don't want mm-hmm. you in the league anymore. Blackball. Even though he was a pretty solid guard, too. Yeah. I mean, you make number 50 on this list. You're a solid guard for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. We're going to kick it to the next guy. Six foot seven point guard. That's wow. huge. Reggie Theus. Um, his size allows him to finish at the rim. He puts pressure at the rim. He's a good athlete, not phenomenal in any sort of individual attribute of being an athlete, but he's a really phenomenal, using his size, really phenomenal passer, though. Understands angles, understands how to get his players open. Just really high basketball IQ, plays within the flow, has unique ways to finish around the rim and uh, create shots. Solid mid-range shooter, too. Uh, He's not extremely gifted, like overly gifted in any area other than passing, but it gives him like kind of a jack of all trades scoring ability. Uh. Um, his stats are really impressive, though. Um, he's putting over 20 points per game uh, four times in his career. I mean, geez, until he's when he's 33, he's still averaging 18 and uh, five. Really good passer. His assist numbers aren't as high as his, like, you you eye test his passing ability, and it's a phenomenal type of thing. So, uh, yeah, this guy's a very well-rounded player. Not much of a three-point shooter, but six foot seven, mid-range, finished near the rim, two-time all-star. Just a really solid player. 
Do you have any thoughts, or are you kicking to see your next guy? Um, yeah, so he was drafted uh, in the first round, ninth overall pick by the Chicago Bulls in 78. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so he was, just, like you said, he's a two-time All-Star. He was also an uh, all-rookie team selection. He averaged for his career 18.5 points and 6.3 assists. So, yeah, just a very solid, consistent basketball player. Yeah, I, I uh, 100% agree with you. Uh, so, yeah, you can kick it to the next guy. All righty. So at 48, we have Calvin Murphy. So this guy's 5'9", so he's really short, really good mid-range shooter, um, good at moving without the ball, shooting in traffic. You can He can finish a little around the rim. He's not ridiculously, ridiculous, ridiculous, if I can talk, ridiculously <laughs> athletic. Not a great defender either, nor is he an amazing passer. He's an okay passer, but his strength and gifts come around the mid-range shot. And when you package that with a good to okay level passer and defender, you get a really good player. Yeah. I mean, five foot nine, so he's really, really short. Played in Nigeria, um, which is interesting. It's rare for a guy in the 70s to be international, but he's an international guy. Um so yeah, this guy is a very solid scorer. His numbers are really good. 20, 21, 25, 20, 20. He's putting up a lot of points. So mm-hmm. he's kind of a volume scorer type of guy. So yeah, very deserving of this list. <clears throat> oh, wow. It's time to wake up, Chris. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so next we have D'Lo. D'Angelo Russell. Here at 47, really making some progress here. He's a really good athlete, really great three-point shooter. He understands how to create his own shot. Uh, Dribble pull-up jump shot is very good. He can hit a good floater in the lane. Uh, He's never been much of a a defender, but he did peak around having an all-star game when he was with uh, the Nets. Uh, He can be a little bit of a streaky scorer, but overall, he's a very great offensive weapon. Uh, so yeah, he's very deserving this list. He's always been a little underrated in his passing ability. Uh, he's always been good at that. So D'Angelo Russell, uh, definitely has a lot of off the court stories. Um, but yeah, this guy's very good. Any thoughts on him? Yeah, I just pretty decent shooter as well. Um, because mm-hmm. I remember, like, he's that type of guy who lives for those clutch moments. He says he has ice in his veins. So he's he's knocked yeah. down a plethora of clutch shots. Um, he actually had a really good year. Um, and I'm surprised they traded him away when he was with the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, I guess I would, too, if I was able to get Kyrie, James Harden, and, and Kevin Durant. But he was really close <laughs> yeah. to MVP level when he played for Brooklyn Nets. And that was definitely, like his coming out party, I would say, because he was showing flashes, especially with the Lakers, but he was really young. And then he had, um, once he moved over to the Brooklyn Nets and he really started to come into his own, he was able to lead them to a pretty good record as well. I think they even had a playoff um, spot as well that year. Um, So, I mean, I was just hoping that, you know, he could get back to that. I know he's showing like, you know, he's been injured a lot in in Minnesota. So we'll see. Um, I just... (laughs) Really wish that he probably was able to stay, stick around a little bit longer with Brooklyn because it seemed that was a perfect fit for him there. Yeah, I 100% agree with you that uh, that was a really good fit for him. Six foot four, so he's also really tall. 
Um, so yeah, you can kick it to your number 46. Alrighty, at 46, we have Derek Harper. So this guy's stats will never really show you how great of a player he really is. Um, really good athlete, not an extremely gifted vertical one, but vertical enough to be able to finish around the rim, create a finish and create a finishing, pa- I mean, create a finishing package. Really great three point shooter and mid range shooter and a very good passer. He's a very just well-rounded player with no real flaws, which is a benefit because a lot of these guys on the list have specializations, but he is just very well, well-rounded as a basketball player. Yeah, I mean, you throw in six foot four, two-time all-defensive, and to that mix, then it makes more sense, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, just a very consistent 17... Basically, he averaged 17 points or more for one, two, three, four, five, six, six straight seasons. During that time frame, he's averaging seven assists. So that's really impressive. His number is retired by the Dallas Mavericks. So, yeah, he's not in the Hall of Fame or anything like that for NBA basketball. But very uh, a lot of people only really remember him if you're like loved the 90s with the Knicks when he was really old. But his Dallas peak. And the 80s is really where he makes his mark, 100%. Mm. <clears throat> All right. Do you have anything else on uh, Derek Harper? Um, no. All right. Now we're breaking the top 45 point guards of all time. Now, this guy, definitely very fun to talk about, Charlie Scott. Definitely a six foot five. really good with the ball in his hands, good dribbler, was good at finishing around the rim, also a very good passer. And you would think, oh, okay, that's a very good player. But even more than that, he was a dead-eye mid-range shooter. Like, no joke. Amazing. Amazing in the mid-range. And it was basically automatic. Uh, he's not much of a three-point shooter, but his mid-range shot compi- compared with, combined with size, athleticism, attacking the rim, leads to a very special point guard for the era definitely very unique um deserving where he's at he's also the first uh non-white the player to ever play in university of north carolina uh which is really cool broke down that barrier uh he also played in the aba for a little while uh and i think he averaged almost like over 35 points per game for some reason my basketball reference isn't picking up right now but yeah a really special player uh definitely um one of those guys that just once you see the eye test you need like a minute to be like wow this guy's really special any thoughts on charlie scott yeah a couple so he was a hall of fame i mean he is a hall of famer uh five-time all-star 1976 NBA championship champion. Um, he played with the Boston Celtics, and he was a 1996-1997 ABA all-time um, player, I guess, a uh, two-time all-ABA, 1970-1971 all-rookie, and he won the Rookie of the Year that same year. And he's one of the few players on this list who, for his career, averaged over 19 points a game. So he's coming in at 20.7 points and about 4.9 assists a game for his career. Yeah, I mean, his peak with the Suns where he's averaging 25 and 6 is insane. I mean, anybody doing stuff like that is really great. Uh, And his nickname is Great Scott, so cool nickname. So, yeah, Yeah. Great Scott for number 45. You can kick it to number 44. All righty, at number 44, we have Cal Lowry. So, 
this guy is not really an otherworldly gifted athlete. What his strength is, I mean, I mean, what he has is his strength, which allows him to finish near the rim, and that allows him to be really good around there and run the NBA. Actions that most teams need due to his great three-point shooting ability, which is legitimate. He also a really great passer, really good defender, unique knack for drawing charges. Just a really solid point guard, kind of like in the mold of a Mark Price type of skill set. So he has a really big body. So, um, which is, you know, so, yeah, he kind of looks fat. That's I kind of feel like he's a fat point guard, <laughs> but he's not a fat point guard. Yeah. So, like when he's able to like use that, you know, kind of a larger frame to his yeah. advantage because he's quick to step into the, into the, um, into the driving lane into in front of the defender and take yeah. those charges. I remember that was a key part of the Toronto Raptors championship run was he was always, okay, I'm really scrappy. I'm getting down on the floor. I'm going to be all over the place. Oh, you're coming at me. Come hit me. Like we're, we're yep. going the other way every time he just pops back up and it goes down the court and he's really good at three point shooting as well. Like he's going to knock down those shots. He's going to, he's a really a player's player because he's really good at leading the team. He's really good for the locker room. That's the type of guy he is. Yeah. He's also a high basketball IQ guy too. So you put that yeah. into that mix. Six-time All-Star, so, you know, the, the accolades match the guy here. So Kyle Lauer, very deserving the spot. Yeah. All right. We're going to kick it to number 43. Only five guys left on this list for this part. Stefan Marbury. Now, Stefan Marbury was really tough to rank, but he's more of a modern guard than anything else. Uh, he's a good athlete, but he's not like a Dennis John, uh, Dennis Johnson. I might be tripping there on the name. Phoenix Suns in the 80s. Man, I'm going to have to go up a little bit. Let's see where he's at. Sorry for this. Can't find him. That's going to really bug me. Kevin Johnson. My bad. It's yeah. Kevin Johnson I'm talking about, not Dennis Johnson. Um, so, yeah, Stefan Marbury, a really solid uh, passer, really good handle. His handle allows him to finish around the rim. Uh, he's a tough mid-range shooter. Uh, he can he can create step backs and all those type of things. He also has really high assist, 8-9. He's a good passer. But his game is more predicated on breaking the defense down and passing through that ability to break the defense down rather than I'm an extremely high basketball IQ guy. So, yeah, Stefan Mary is very deserving this spot. Two time All Star, two time All NBA, um, six foot two. Any thoughts on him? Yeah, he also averaged about 19.3 points for his career. And about seven point six assists. Um, he was also selected for the All Rookie Team of nineteen ninety six and nineteen ninety seven. And so, yeah, yeah. I mean, the this guy eventually goes and plays for China when he's older too. So interesting guy. Yeah, I remember that? Yeah, yeah. You can kick it to your next guy. All righty, at number forty two, we have Mike Conley. Really good three-point shooter. He's not a mid-range maestro like a lot of the guys in the 90s and before. He's gifted lateral, and he's a gifted lateral and speed athlete. Rarefied. I mean, you know, he has abilities, really creative dribble, modern NBA dribble, but not like overly too, too flashy, but very consistent and solid and finished around the rim. 
He is a perfect fit in the modern NBA of three or finish at the rim. And he is also a really great passer, probably a top 50 passer of all time. He's also a pretty good defender as well. He was on that really defensively minded Memphis Grizzly team of old um, with Zebo and a couple other guys on there. I mean, um, uh, Zebo and... um, Marcus Saul, Tony Allen, Marcus Saul, Tony Allen, yeah, yeah, that really defensively minded Memphis Grizzlies team that kind of underachieved. I mean, they had the pieces, but they didn't have like just they just needed that one star to step above everybody else. Yeah, they needed a star small forward for a long time. They thought yeah. it was Rudy Gay for a while, but he's just was really inefficient. But yeah, now he's with Utah, so I mean, he's kind of older now, so he's yeah. not really close to the guard he was then but i mean for sure deserving on the spot on the list for those for a stint in memphis yeah i think people forget how great his speed was like it was borderline De'Aaron fox level ridiculous gifted in that area yeah. so yeah very deserving the spot in this list i'm gonna kick it to 41 here okay. six foot three point guard stevie francis uh three-time all-star all rookie rookie of the year this guy is really gifted athletically, not vertically, but speed and quickly-wise. Uh, he's a really good passer, very underrated in that area. He's not the stereotypical point guard of the era where he plays a very much more like a modern guard, takes multiple dribbles to set up his game. He's not the type of guy to one dribble and go two. It's more like one, two, three, dribble hesitation type of guy. Much more modern, very gifted at finishing near the rim. Really good feel for a modern point guard. Just really gifted uh, without the real, being really gifted for three-point shooting. But this guy, mid-range and in, just very special. So Stevie, Steve Francis here at 41. Do you have anything on him? Yeah, so he was drafted... First round, second pick overall in the 1999 NBA draft um, by the Vancouver Grizzlies. And he averaged for his career 18.1 points and six point, I mean, not six point, and six assists. So he's a pretty solid guy. Uh, he was also the rookie of the year the same year he got drafted. And he's a three time All Star. Yeah, I mean, very solid player all around, very good. You can uh, kick it to your next guy. All right, number 40, we have Mike Bibby, which is probably one of my favorite point guards because he yeah. played for the Sacramento Kings that should have beat the you know Los Angeles Lakers that year. Tell him. Um, Tell him. <laughs> he's a really <laughs> gifted three-point shooter, can't carry out the dribble, really important and good in the pick and roll. He's extremely valuable, um, which makes good passes in the pick and roll, and he's not too – Otherworldly of an athlete, vertically speed-wise, quickness-wise, but he's an average to good in all those areas, except for verticality. Um, but you, but he can finish around the rim a little bit, and he can attack the rim a little bit, but he's a really solid and good passer and a pretty decent and a really good shooter. You can get a really good player with the pick-and-roll, and that's important. Um, so, yeah, like I said, he did play for the Sacramento Kings along with Peja and Chris Webber and Doug Christie. I mean, yep. a really solid guy for that team as well. I mean, coming in and he's able to knock down these shots, see the floor, it's, and he's amazing. You know what I mean? Play along these guys. So definitely deserving of the spot on this list. Um, definitely wish he could have gotten a chip. He definitely deserved it that year. They were the better team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll stick with that until yeah, <laughs> forever. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I expect that from you. You definitely should always talk about that. Um, 
Yeah, I agree. Mike Bebby would fit beautifully in the modern NBA. Uh, it's odd that he played for the Vancouver Grizzlies. I mean, what are you doing, Vancouver? Why are you letting that guy go? But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. very good player. And when, now we're going to kick it to my last guy, and then you have one guy after that, and then we are done with part one uh, of the point guard rankings. This guy is an okay. NBA champion. He's an NBA uh, Finals MVP, uh, two-time NBA, seven-time All-Star, Hall of Famer, JoJo White. He played for uh, Kansas. There's a movie I love a lot. It's called Glory Road. It's about the first uh, uh, basically all non – like they had no white players on their team on when they won the NBA, an NCAA championship. I mean they had – them on the team but like they didn't start any of them which is like a very um crazy for that era it was like the first time it had ever happened and he played against this team in like the i think it was like the final four and he stepped on outside the out out of bounds on the game winning shot that he hit and it would have like completely beat that team and we would like never know about them mm-hmm. uh so yeah jojo white six foot three uh this is a really great passer um, he's not a Bob Cousy level passer, but probably top 50 passer of all time. Dead eye mid range shooter. When I say dead eye mid range shooter, it's ridiculous. Uh, super special in that area. Understands angles, finishing around the rim. Six foot three adds to his advantage of size. Really helps him. He's really, really consistent throughout his career scoring. Um, he's a really great three point free throw shooter and just putting the ball in the rim mid range, being consistent at finishing around the rim, just an all around really good point guard. Um, he's peaking around. He basically, I mean, 20, he has 21, 23, 19. Uh, so let's say for one, two, three, four, five, six, six years, he averages more than 18 points, anywhere from 18 to 19, 19 to 23. And he averages anywhere from five to six assists. So, yeah, a very solid player here, uh, underrated. He's the NBA champion in the 70s. So, yeah, very special. JoJo White's very deserving. Uh, so, And then you have the last guy on this list, number 38. You should feel so proud. Right. All right. So at number 38, we have Cardiac Kemba, Kemba Walker. Yes, sir. Um, so he's never been a super gifted player and it's shown by the way he plays because a lot of step back side steps quick steps to create space to get his shots off really a solid three-point shooter good mid-range shooter really good finishing around the basket not much of a passer if he was a better passer at peak he would have been higher on this list but there's a really great scorer so he deserves to be where he's at so one thing about Kemba Walker in my opinion is that his stint with the Hornets really showed the kind of player that he is and that's not necessarily a bad thing because mm-hmm. he was leading that team, but they never really got anywhere until he had somebody next to him mm-hmm. to kind of take off the load. So with that being said, during his stint with Jeremy Lin in the Hornets when they finally broke through and made the playoffs and things like that, they were expecting just a one-man show so long from Kemba that yeah. that's not his game. Um, he's not a Batman. He's more of a Robin. He needs his Batman. So if he has like that guard next to him or maybe even maybe a big or a small forward or something like that who's next to him who can kind of like, okay, take some of the load away, he can be a very efficient guard 
and he yeah. can even possibly win more games and be and go down and go down as a better player than where he's at right now um because they just expected so much from him mm-hmm. and he's not that player so that's something that was really shown to us and during his stint with um the hornets yeah i agree with you there um not everybody could be a volume shooter though so that's why he's here i mean you average 25 26 multiple times per per game you know what i mean so He's very deserving of where he's at. Kemba Walker is a very good modern scorer. There's a lot of things that he can do that most players from different eras that can't do. So, yeah, very deserving here. And it's also the end of part one. Thank you guys for joining us on the ride of part one. Part two is going to sound a little different because we have the guest on. Um, at least that's going to be the top 37 through one. So, yeah, the rankings are really great. We're basically going to have these lists. Uh, for every position, so it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to give you guys a lot of detail for all of these lists. And, uh, yeah, we're definitely enjoying doing this list because a lot of people mess up these lists. I mean, these top 75 lists, even by the NBA that got released, doesn't have Dwight Howard on it. I mean, you're telling me Dwight Howard at peak, top three MVP type of guys not on this list? Just, just you know, some guys, they just couldn't take didn't have the heart to take to say, oh, we're going to take the top 75 players of all time. They kept the top 50, and then they just said, oh, we're going to find 25 guys after that. It's like a popularity yeah. contest. I mean, Reggie Miller's a good player, but is he really a top 75 player of all time? Probably not. Um, So it's, it's more like, oh, he's on TNT. We'll give him the nod. So, yeah. 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 So, um, very good players. These guys are very great. Uh, going to give you a lot of detail. Definitely going to be the best rankings that you can find out there. So, yeah. Do you have anything you want to add on, Chris? Um, not really. Uh, kind of summed it up in the beginning when I was talking about just how we're going to go through this. Uh-huh. Um, I just really hope that you guys enjoy listening. Thank you so much for being constant supporters of us. And go ahead, Jason. Well, you guys can find us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you guys download podcasts, you can find us, which is cool. Um, So yeah, I am Jason Collins. And I'm Chris Momin. And we are the Basketball Addicts. Peace. Out. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial. 
plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.